what if you were able to go from homeless to multi-billionaire or multi-millionaire or retired in less than 20 years? And what if in the middle of all of that, you were able to sell a business that was almost a quarter of a billion dollars? That's right, I used the B word. And what if I added some more numbers to that? What if that homeless stuff happened at 19 and the retirement stuff happened at 39? Would you be willing to listen to somebody that had those experiences? Ooh, we're gonna talk about it. Let's hear that. Kennedy the third RK3 here. We are back with another episode of What's My Story podcast. How I got from there to here. I know that you are enjoying the episodes because I am too. We're hearing stories of amazing people who had pivotal moments in their lives, moments that may have redefined the moments that if they did not figure out how to navigate those moments, their lives would be entirely different. But they're here to share with us how they navigated that stuff so that they can so that you can see how they got to the success that they have today. And maybe that might be a guide or a blueprint for your path to success as well. Do me a favor. Who do you want to see on the show? What do you want me to talk about? What do you want to hear? Text me right here. Boom, boom, boom. 410-936-4049. 410-936-4049. We'll let you know when we're going live, what's happening in our community. So do me a favor. Get involved and make sure that you text us 410-936-4049. We are also, if you are listening to this episode right now, hopefully you're not listening to it while you're driving. Hopefully you're not watching it while you're driving. <laughs> All right. So what we do is we have the audio version of this and we release that every Thursday at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, Eastern Daylight Time. I don't remember what those the differences between those two, whatever time it is on the East Coast of the United States. That's when we release it. Seven o'clock Eastern Standard Time. So make sure that you get connected. What's my story podcast dot live so that you can listen to the audio version of this thing as well. And finally, if you're interested if you're a small business owner, coach, consultant, maybe you've been in business a few years and you're trying to figure out how to get more visibility for your business. Well, guess what? We have all of that stuff for you. We share with you how to get better at the art of storytelling, how to utilize that to create more eyeballs and even more income in your business. Join me in the Storytellers Growth Lab. Go to storytellersgrowthlab.com and we'll give you the hookup. Come on. So are y'all ready? Are you ready? If you are ready, join in with me. We've got a fantastic guest today. My guest today is Donna St. Louis, and she is a five-time top-selling author. She's a top-rated international keynote speaker. Guess what? She gave her first speech to Congressional Committee at 25 years old. Ooh, super geek, right? Anyway, <laughs> my favorite part of her bio is this. She runs a strict Twizzler household. Donna St. Louis, what's your story, my friend? 
Yeah, that no seriously, like your Twizzler game got to be on front. On on, you can't come in there <laughs> with them little red vines. They ain't got no Twizzle on them. Don't roll in my house with red vines. That's not how we roll. I'm a true geek. We rock yeah. with Twizzlers. <laughs> <laughs> so what's happening? What's happening in your world? What what are you up to right this moment? What's the big deal for you? Uh, well, let's see. I have literally been coaching since about eight o'clock this morning. Uh, yeah. and I just got off of a flight last night. So it's, it's been busy, um, yeah. busy, good though, busy, good, because one of the things that I'm really excited about, and we'll, I know we'll talk about a little later is the, you know, I really help entrepreneurs and experts and sales pro mm -hmm. rebel against the status quo and raise the bar. So they have that true financial freedom from corporate colonization. I don't just put lip service to that. Like we yeah. do stuff. It's so exciting. Wow. I love it. Wow. I, I love, love that term. Corporate colonization. OMG. I mean, a lot of us kind of think about it in the terms of, okay, yeah, that's just who I am. That's just what I have to do. Um, but I always have these conversations about how it was different back in agrarian society. When, when we had communities where everybody kind of, everybody was an entrepreneur. You, this, you did this and you traded or you sold stuff and everything that you did supported the community and you didn't have to be hired by right. somebody else or colonized right. as you say yeah right so and sometimes people turn their 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 side hustle into a 40 hour week hustle and they colonize themselves so wow that part yeah 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 so let's <laughs> let's talk about your story here because i think a lot of people have heard rags to riches stories, right? And right. and they they kind of they look at it and they say, "Wow, that's 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 not me. That's that's not my story." But the reason that it's not their story in some cases is simply because they have not been equipped or they haven't gotten a hold of the tools to get out of the place that they're in. So tell us first of all. So your bio includes that you were homeless at at nineteen yeah. and you were. Uh, sleeping in your car. Tell us a little bit about that experience. How did that come about? Right. And and actually, I'm going to go back a little bit with something that you said is that I think yeah. a lot of people don't embrace the rags and riches stories because number one, they won't embrace where they currently are as the rags. Oh, you know yeah. I mean? So it really doesn't have to do with the fact that I slept in my car. You could be sleeping in your one bedroom apartment and that at the end of the day is your rags. If you're living paycheck to paycheck, if you cannot forecast the next six months of your finance, you're in the rags right now. And the goal is how do you get out of the rags? You know what I mean? Um, so everybody has a rags to riches story, but the first thing you have to do is embrace the rag. Yeah. Wow. That's where you got to wow. start. Um, wow. But to answer your question, and I promise not to go off on tangents like that too much. Oh, no, 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 no. We're good. <laughs> we're, we're rolling. We're rolling. Um, the is uh, uh, I was actually headed from South Florida to New York. I had gone through a significant trauma in my life. I had a daughter that I lost. She was five months old. And unfortunately, the people around me were not the best of support systems. Mm -hmm. And what made it even harder was that I already felt pretty responsible. You listen, as a parent, we always feel like we have one job, you know, if you're a dad, it's keep her off the pole. If you're a mom, it's, you know, <laughs> and if it's a mom, you know, you're, you feel like your job is to keep your kids alive. And you feel that from the moment of conception to the day that you pass away, you're not supposed to outlive your kids. And when you do, you carry blame and shame. I was living in that blame and shame and didn't have a support system around me who said anything different. 
In fact, many times they're like, well, you're young and not having a kid right now is a good thing. So good riddance. And that was just that was just really too hard for me to handle. Um, I didn't have at 19 years old. I didn't have what it took to handle that kind of that whole thing. And so I got in my car and decided I was going to go and see Lady Liberty herself because she was the baddest chick on the planet. She is outside in New York during the winters wearing sandals, not a single complaint and not a word about her petty. So I'm like, she has to have some answers for me. I mean, people have come to this country from other countries and she seemed to have provided an answer for them. So she must have one for me. And so my goal was to head north. And while I put gas in my car, I didn't put oil in it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you know, (laughs) I was 19. (laughs) I didn't say I was a mechanic. Um, (laughs) You know, um, people in my family didn't have cars. I was probably one of the second people to have a car in my family. Uh, We were extremely poor. And so I didn't put, I didn't put oil in my car. My car, I parked it that night. It didn't start up the next morning. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like I was going to pick up my cell phone, which didn't exist, and call my mom to send in a chopper. Um, Nobody was coming to save me. Right. Wow. So I lived there for about four months. Wow. So I think the beauty of a podcast or something like this is that you hear the beginning, but you see the person. And so, you know, there's a twist, you know, there's a turn. You, you, you know that there, there's something that happens. So you're homeless at 19. You're, you're in your car for four months. What happens that changes things for you? What, what allows you to kind of make your right turn? Well, I was, I was literally two weeks from death. And I'm not just mm. saying that I was, I was out of food. I had absolutely no money. Um, I was not giving up my integrity. Um, so I was going to at least die with that. And I wanted to be clean. Mm-hmm. And I know this sounds a little crazy of all the things that I wanted. I needed to literally be clean, like shower, head to toe shower. And across the lake from in the woods where I was, um, there was a guy who had, who was always cleaning the windows of a YMCA. So, I kind of came out of the woods one day and asked him if I could take a shower in exchange for cleaning the windows for him. And he said, please take a shower first. (laughs) (laughs) Can't really blame him. I had been a little bit, you know, so it's like, please take a shower first. And we ended up talking and it was, it was this old black guy. I mean, he was amazing. He, um, we ended up talking and he complained about how his hands were hurt. Um, remember Fred Sanford back in the day, we talk about Arthur yeah. arthritis and, yeah. you know, and, uh, and I had told him just like I had an appointment scheduled on my calendar that I was going to be dead in a couple of weeks. I just didn't want my mom to see me like this. I knew I was going right. to die. I was out of food. And, um, and he said, well, how about this? If you clean up the gym equipment, wipe down all the gym equipment, I'll give you a cereal bar. And so he gave me a cereal bar. And then, you know, when I left, I gave him a hug and I told him, thank you. And he said, and I told him it was nice meeting him. And he said, well, I'll see you tomorrow. Okay. And those four words, I'll see you tomorrow, saved my life. Wow. Because those four words 
all of a sudden, man, I had purpose. He's like, I, I told you I got arthritis. I can't do this by myself. I can't keep washing these windows. I'm, I'm about to quit my job. And I, and he's telling me all this stuff. It's a sad story. Here I am homeless and this guy's telling me a sad story, right? Yeah. Which meant that I had something to give mm-hmm. to another human being on this planet to make their lives a little bit better. Holy crap. Wow. I had purpose. I had wow. purpose. Wow. It saved my life. So you move from this experience with this with this gentleman and you some things happen to you because we know, according to the bio here, that you didn't just become like a small success. Right. We, we know that you didn't just go get a job or you didn't just go start a T-shirt company and make make five thousand dollars for the year. Right. What you did was something a lot bigger than that. What what happened that allowed you to have that light bulb moment or maybe what was the lucky experience that you had that caused you to be able to begin doing this? So so the funny thing is, I'm I am one of those people who I do not believe in luck at all. I know people (laughs) like you got to be ready for luck. Um, Yeah. What happened was I. This gentleman um, in the YMCA ended up connecting me with this police officer in South Carolina, who's probably one of the most racist people I've ever met in my life. Um, But for some reason, really got connected to me. And he ended up getting me a job, getting me a job as a customer service rep at this company called People's Telephone. So while I'm working at People's Telephone, I decide that I hate my job. (laughs) customer service right and they always say beggars can't be choosers that's a lie um you can choose your path you just have to choose it well i started reading this book because of the guy in it called excel for professionals long Mm. story short when i read a book i read a book i read a book and do everything in the book but when i got to the end of the book there's this thing called visual basic for applications and i soon discovered that i could have my customers' bills automatically faxed to them without them ever calling me. I wanna say this one more time. My repeat customers would never call me, which made up about 75% of our customer base. Wow. This meant that I would only have to answer 25% of the calls and those would be new customers. I was ecstatic. So I went from having, you know, eight hours a day worth of work to about two hours a day worth of work because I figured out how to write this program, which I didn't know was a program at the time. Mm. Uh, I had a very high solitaire score. I was rocking the hell out of tri-beats. <laughs> um, I could do Minesweeper like 100 grid in no time flat. I was crushing it. Yeah. And then the president of the division was like, Hold on, one second. On? <laughs> so- the president of your division comes to speak to you. I want to hear this piece and I want everybody to get this. But before we jump into the juice of that, let's uh, take a Are you a content creator, speaker, or thought leader? Do you pull your hair out every time you try to edit a video or get really disappointed when your videos don't get the views you're hoping for? It's okay to admit that you need help. If you're ready to stop wasting time and start spreading your message, it's nice to meet you. I'm Kayla O'Brien of Kayla O'Brien Media. I help creators in a variety of businesses get a foolproof game plan for their video content. Does that sound like something you want? No matter where you're starting from today, you need to know what your goals are, how to get the highest production value, and how to edit your content to fit correctly on each platform. No matter what your budget, there are options that can help you get started today. If you're ready to take your content creation experience from this to this, 
Visit KaloBryanMedia.com and let's connect. If you want to make sure that your content creation goes from this to this, if you want to make sure that you have on point visuals and video for your brand, for your business, make sure that you connect with Kayla at KaylaO'BrienMedia.com. So let's jump back into the story with Donna St. Louis. Her boss comes to her and says, hey, how come you ain't working that much? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he was like, what the hell is going on? And what was really confusing was the customers were sending in these amazing glowing recommendations of how they love the new system and the way it's working. And right. he's like, what new system? Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. With, I really didn't. And, um, and within 24 hours, he moved me from where I was over into IT. And mm-hmm. I just took off in IT. IT was almost natural to me. It just made sense. Um, I went from working at that company to becoming a consultant, working on some huge, huge uh, projects that were literal game changer. I was part of the people who saved us from the year 2000. Um, I was, was, yeah, I was in that group. Um, I I had started my own business not long after that with a partner of mine. And my partner was in this class. We wanted to prove that every business had the same exact core or DNA. And if you could follow this core DNA, that your business would not fail, but you had to follow this formula. We were told that that was stupid. It would not work by his professor. And I said, let's prove it. (laughs) We did. And our very first contract was a $4 million contract with um, an IT company. And everyone says that. Everybody's like, wow, $4 million, you're rich. The problem is we had $6 million worth of expenses. (laughs) Yes. Yes. We know that. Because while we were brilliant, (laughs) like we did all the things. I figured out how to sell. I figured out how to get contracts done. I did not figure out how to price. And uh, so we ended up having to get two contracts to cover for that one contract. And and from there, our business grew. We had to quit our jobs in order to cover our $2 million shortfall because we didn't know how to count. Yeah. Um, and so and so our business grew. And then from there, it was really one of those things of, well, what do we do next? Or what do we do? Next? And we just, and then we started hiring people. And now it's not even about us. Now we got to keep these people employed because you know, we made a mistake on the first contract. So, you know, right. and so that's yeah. really how we grew our company. Everyone, somebody asked me the other day, like, how did you know you made it? And I'm like, I'll let you know when I do. Wow. I never felt wow. Like wow. So you, you have this opportunity, you capitalize on it. You get this, you, you start this business, this consultancy. Um, and I think what you said just now was very profound about, I'll let you know when I do, because you, you kind of, not you don't feel like you make it because you're still kind of pushing towards that next thing. How did you what was it about your mindset? How did you move yourself mentally, emotionally from that space of this young lady? I almost wanted to say this little girl, but this young lady who was um, cleaning windows for, 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 for sandwiches pretty much at that point to somebody who says, you know what, I, I can do more or I can do bigger than this. How did you do that mentally? 
so so there are and I didn't know this at that time. This is something that I've discovered along the way and was actually a seed that was planted as I was growing up. Yeah. I'm one of those people who can figure out a formula for just about anything, right? That's yeah. just one of my superpowers. And so one of the formulas I figured out were what are the seven steps, parts of what we call mm. wealth flow state? How do you get into a state of constant wealth? And wealth is in your beliefs, in your pitches, in your life, in your money, across the board. And over time, it took me a while, but over time I was able to go back, look back and dissect it. And it's something I still use to this day that by the way, I, very, I share very rarely with anyone because sometimes people think I'm a little crazy and then other times people go, oh wait, that actually works though. <laughs> Yeah, it actually works. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so I thought you, I thought you were going to share some of that with us. Oh, you want me to tell you what it is? Yeah, you ready? Are you are you ready for that? I don't give us the sauce. Okay, all right. So here here are the seven steps. I actually wrote them down just so I did not because I want to make sure that I say them in the proper order. Yeah. So the first thing you have to start off with is your belief. Mm -hmm. This is where most people break. By the way, they're not really sure what they believe, or at least they're they have. They have not succinctly defined who they are in terms Mm. of a belief. And let me give you exactly what I mean by that. So the name of my business is firebrand.net, right? It's even spelled funny. It's spelled F-Y-R-E, right? Firebrand.net. And we 100% believe in rebelling against the status quo and raising the bar. Mm -hmm. 100% across the board. So I have this deep belief system that impacts everything that I do. So if somebody said, well, why did you do that? So for example, perfect example, I was given a keynote two weeks ago and I decided that I wanted to completely challenge the status quo on keynotes and create something called keynote on demand right in that moment, Mm -hmm. right in that moment, let's break keynotes and let's do something different. Why did I do that? Because I really believe in rebelling against the status quo and raising the bar. Yeah. So that was my why. So you have to start off with your belief system. You have to know what you believe with no question, because that belief drives everything you do, which of course gets you to your why. Once you have those two parts, then you can go to the next part. And this is the the second place where if somebody's going to break down, it's going to be right here. An idea. Most people believe that money makes money. Money does not make money. If I put a little boy money and a little girl money in a vault together and close the door, when we come back in a year, there aren't going to be little baby monies. That's not how it works, okay? Life will not find a way. I mean, there's a big difference between making a baby and growing a baby. Well, there's a big difference between making money and growing money. Ideas actually create money. Mm. So the third step is having an idea. When I... Back when I was 19 years old, I had, I believed in challenging the status quo to raise the bar, which is why I picked up that book and followed everything in that book and created this system. Mm -hmm. The idea that I had was, I wonder if I could create a system that automatically sends all the customers their bills without them ever calling me, even though no one gave me permission to do that. Right. Then after that, I had to have the information right? That information came with what was in that book. So I had to start reading. Then once you start reading, you have to have some intelligence. You can't just, you know, have a dictionary and think you're a poet. 
No, okay. you have to have the intelligence to put the right words together, right? Yeah. We have more information right now at our fingertips with Google than more people, and people have no idea what to do with it, right? Yeah. Because you have to have the intelligence to do something with that information. Mm-hmm. Then you have to do the thing that most people are afraid of. You have to make an investment. Wow. I had to invest yeah. early mornings and super late nights and weekends into that book and into that idea. I had to continue gathering information and putting intelligence behind it, but I had to make that investment. It wasn't about even anybody giving me money to make the investment. I had to make the time and energy and effort investment first. I had to believe in my idea. Then after that, I had to have the courage to actually do it. Right, right. So I'm I'm going to pause you right there. Was was that seven? Oh wow! Okay, I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna say, man, we should leave one or two so people can kind of come check you out at your website and and get if the. If they last weren't two. listening, they missed it. <laughs> <laughs> they missed it. All right. Well, listen, I, I, man, that is so good. I think one of the things that I caught in the middle of that was, especially as you get to the idea part, there are so many people that may have the seed of an idea, and they may just they may talk themselves out of their own idea. Why is it that so many people talk themselves, sabotage themselves out of their ideas? Because we don't believe in our greatness. Wow. We don't, we do not recognize. And and by the way, Mm -hmm. I ran into this. Remember I said two weeks ago, I decided that I was going to break the keynote and do something different. But let me back that way up. Right. I have a coach. I have a mindset coach who gets in my brain and whittles around quite a bit. And I told her before that moment that I didn't think I would ever do a keynote again, that this would be the last time I would ever get on stage. And she, you know, her face melted off. Right. And she said, why? And I said, because I am so frustrated with event planners and decision makers six months ahead of time trying to determine where the the audience is going to be six months later, instead of us literally being there in the audience, in the moment, having them develop the keynote, having me develop the keynote right then and right there, because they lack the testicular fortitude and ovarian audacity to believe in the professional that they just paid $25,000 to stand on the stage. Instead of them believing in them, they're like, no, I need to have slides. I need to know everything you're going to say. And I'm like, and it's disconnected from the audience and I will refuse to waste people's time. And she said, and here's where it comes. So I have this idea, right? Yeah. And then she says, so why don't you do that? Here, now listen to my words. Because I don't believe that the event planner will let me. And I don't believe that they'll go for it. And I don't believe, and she goes, really? We say believe all the time. And and what we do is Mm -hmm. we blame someone else for our own self-limiting beliefs. Wow. I was blaming her because I didn't I didn't believe in myself enough to even think that she would go for it. Yeah. And what was so crazy is that when I picked up the phone and called her and I said, hey, Christine, I have this crazy idea at 954 at night, 12 hours before my keynote tomorrow, by the way. Yeah, um, I have this crazy idea. It's called Keynote on Demand. The audience and I build a keynote. They're live. And she said, Queen, say less, do more. If you stood if on the stage and read the phone book, I'd buy tickets to be in the front row and take notes. Wow. 
just like that. But I did not believe I was literally going to walk away from this career where I've crushed it on stage for years Mm -hmm. because I had a self-limiting belief. Wow. Just like that. That is so fascinating because I think um, we are grown up in society and we, as kids, we are often told not to dream, right? So at some point you 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 get you're told to color, but then the moment that you decide you're going to color outside the lines, it's like no, don't don't do mm-hmm. that. You're you're don't get in trouble for that. And then they expect you to be innovative or creative when you become, you know, corporately colonized. <laughs> right. So. And and think about it. I 100% believe in rebelling against the status quo. Yeah. That is what I live by. And yet my own self-limiting belief was going to Mm. keep me from doing that. And it wasn't until my coach picked up the phone and said, if this is your last damn speech ever, Mm -hmm. then pick up the phone and call the lady and do the damn thing because you'll live the rest of your life in regret if you don't. And and what happened was crazy because it completely took off. I got four bookings from that one speech. I'm excited about my next speeches now. I can't wait to get back on the stage where I had just lost that fire two weeks ago. Wow. I want everybody to to get a few of the lessons inside of that because Donna was just talking about rebelling or breaking status quo. But then even the people that we look at still kind of walk through their own fire, right? They still walk through their own stuff, their own challenges. But here's the piece inside of that that I want you all to get. She mentioned investing in herself because when we are in the midst of the crazy, when we're in the midst of the the, the navigating our own imposter syndrome and, and self-belief or limiting self-beliefs, we need somebody we need another party. We need another person. We need an accountability group. We need something to be able to hold us a, to our own stuff, right? And then say, wait a minute, that's not in alignment with what you said. That's not in alignment with what you told me that you believe. That's right. Right? That's <laughs> so. right. It, it, it's, it's what I absolutely love about where I am right now at this point in my life is Number one, I have a coach who goes, I know what your stuff is. I know what your junk is. I know what it is, right? And we'll go, well, why don't you? Why not? You said you believe in rebelling against the status quo. Why aren't you doing that? And then she goes, go look at your own flow state. She goes, right now, you have this idea. You have the information. You have the intelligence. You're willing to invest the time in doing it. But Mm -hmm. do you have the courage to stand by your own beliefs and to live in your own why? Because those three pieces were missing. When I put those three pieces together, it did exactly what it was supposed to do. That one little simple pick up the phone and call Christina at 9.54 p.m. and say, hey, I got this idea. Now, somebody asked me, what if she would have said no? I'm like, I would have done it anyway because it was my last speech ever. (laughs) It was the last, so what was going to happen? But just think about not making that call at 9.54 p.m., yeah. not making that call mm. would have cost me the rest of my career and $100,000 worth of speaking engagements. Wow. Just like that. Wow. So when wow. people talk about how do you get into flow state, I'm telling you how to get into flow state. <laughs> wow. So let's 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 end on this note. Man, this is so good. I wish we could 
go for so much longer, but that's not, yeah, we, yeah, we'll, 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 we won't go to the <laughs> negatives on that. Um, I Getting into flow state, and, and you teach people how to do these things, and one of the places that you teach them is at some of your mansion retreats and and so tell us a little bit about the the mansion retreats and and where you where you teach people this stuff right so everything that i do is done with you right mm -hmm. i i'm not i don't like have videos and then you watch them and then hope that you figure it out so right. what we do at our mansion retreat programs is we they're they're full programs they're usually eight to i'm sorry they're usually eight weeks to 12 weeks mm -hmm. and specifically i work quite a bit with coaches who want to turn their maybe their six week workshop or some workshop they're doing and making five figures from, I show them yeah. how to take a five figure workshop and turn it into a six figure mansion retreat program. Wow. Nice. And so it literally changes the game. And what I love about it is before people are actually done with my program, they yeah. usually have sold people into their mansion retreat program already. So their ROI is infinite, infinite. Wow. Tell us, I'm going to do this live right now. We're going to put pop this up on screen. Where do people um, go to find out more about your mansion retreat stuff? Yeah, they can go to firebrandexpert.com. And firebrand is spelled with a Y. F-Y-R-E-B-R-A-N-D expert.com. There you go. Yep. Perfect. All right. Listen, those of you, Gary Jones, Antoine Speller, uh, Marjorie Johnson, those of you that are watching right now, right? go to firebrandexpert.com because I believe that what you will find there is something that is going to shift, transform, and change you forever, right? So get on over. I, listen, I, I've, I've got to tell you from a personal standpoint, Donna St. Louis has impacted my life personally. I My career has shifted and changed. There's some things that I would not have done in my career if I didn't get connected to Donna. So I know that if you head on over to firebrandexpert.com, you're going to not only get a moment to spend in a sexy mansion, but you're going to, you're going to, you're going to change some stuff. You're going to change, change some stuff in your life. So Donna, this has been fantastic. I really appreciate the time. Do me a favor, stay in the green room for just a few moments while we wrap this puppy up. Hey, listen, y'all. This has been a fantastic episode, and I wish that I could have done this for so much longer. Some of you are saying good stuff. You're clapping hands. You're raising. You're doing the whatever emojis because this is important, right? Believing in ourselves, believing in our possibility, believing in our power and our potential is where this thing starts. And then once you have that belief, then you've got to believe in the power of your ideas. All of us have ideas. Some of us think that we don't have ideas. We think that we have been squished from creativity. And the truth is, it's just a muscle. It's something that needs to be practiced. And it's, it's something that needs to be exercised over and over again. James Altucher in his book, Choose Yourself, says, practice the process of creating ideas daily. As a matter of fact, create 10 ideas daily. Many of them are going to be silly. Many of them are not going to make sense to you or to anybody else. But in the middle of those ideas, in the midst of that, that conscious flow, you're going to find some gold. There's going to be some stuff that's going to make a difference in your life. If only you would have the courage to execute, believe, and go for it. Listen, y'all, as we said at the end of every episode, everything that happens to you in life is your stuff. Your stuff is your story. And your story, yeah, your story deserves a stage. Go ahead and
story.